This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That So first question, first Jackie, you obviously started your career at Dunfermline Athletic following in the footsteps of your father who was also a professional footballer. How do you reflect on the time at East End Park overall? I reflect that East End Park was, was great and positive. Um, you know, Dunfermline took a chance on me when uh, a lot of clubs had kind of, uh, you know, um, disregarded us and from a size and stuff, you know, and they don't feel I took a chance when I was 16 when Jim Leeson was a manager and I uh, went in the YTS uh, scheme at the time. Um, walked my way through up there and got a chance getting into the first team and had, had five years in total there and to be honest it was a, a great um, a great learning curve for me, you know, and a great upbringing there at the club and I've got nothing but fond memories there and you know, uh, some good people over the years that, uh, that I, I grew to, to, to meet and uh, got on well with. And in terms of, of yourself, you're a young player playing regular games and there's interest eventually in, uh, in you. And Celtic, of course, are one of those clubs. You joined Celtic in 95. How did that move come, come about and were you nervous or excited or both? Yeah, it came about... Uh, you know, I've been linked with a few few moves and a few clubs were, were uh, inquiring on this before the Bosman ruling as well uh, came into effect. And I got, uh, it came out that the club had rejected a bid from Celtic, which was, I think it was around about half a million. Um, and obviously I was quite disappointed that they rejected it. And, you know, I think they were wanting a million pound at the time, which I thought was crazy. Uh, for 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 me and my age and obviously playing in the, the championship league Division One at the time, but um, then, then I got a call a few years later and said that they accepted the bid. Uh, I think it was six hundred and fifty grand plus fifty thousand for a Scotland cap. Um, and I got told that I was to go through the next morning to discuss personal terms and do my medical at Celtic Park, which which I did. And yeah, I was very nervous and excited, as you can imagine. And um, you know, I, I made my debut that night for Celtic after signing, so I didn't really have time to to think about it. Or, uh, you know, straight into the, the deep end, if you like. And I, I made my debut at Falkirk, at Old Brookfield Stadium that night. And in terms of getting into a club like Celtic, was there senior pros that stood out for you in terms of being a helping hand in the training ground in those first few months where you're you're finding your feet? Yeah, I mean, there's was, was quite a good a good bunch of senior players. You know, the Paul McStays and Peter Grant. You know, Peter Grant had put. Uh, it was the first morning after the Falkirk game. He put little toys at my place because I look so young. Little Power Rangers. Uh, at my, my little space in the dressing room. So, but no, they, 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 there was some good good senior players. Yogi was was good. I used to travel with Yogi and Gordon Marshall from Edinburgh every day, and you 
you know, I, I got on really well with them and, uh, as well. So, yeah, it was it really helped me settle into the club. And see, in terms of that time at Dunfermline and the early time at Celtic, obviously I mentioned earlier your, your dad being a footballer. Was was your dad someone that was your biggest critic or your biggest supporter? Um, my dad was quite quiet. I was actually talking to my son about this the other day. My dad, you know, uh, he, was, he was quite a quiet influence on me. Uh, he would never go over the top and, uh, you know, say, you should have done this or should have done that. You know, there's only one instance where he get really involved when my time at Dunfermline with um, one of the coaches, assistant manager, um, had a pop at me. After one of the games, my dad wanted to go in and uh, have a go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at that point, I thought my Dunfermline career would have been over. But fortunately, I went in the next day and he took me aside and, and showed me what he, he thought I should have done in the, in the game. But I think that was probably the only time my dad really got involved uh, you know with the day to day stuff in my, my, my career you, you of course played the Celtic team under Vim Jansen that stopped 10 in a row I've been fortunate enough to, to speak to Craig Burley Alan Stubbs and a few others from that team and they always talk about the sort of team spirit that you all had what are your overriding memories of that season given how important it was to the club's history yeah I mean they're, they're great it's a great uh, season personally um you know, it wasn't at the start, it was tough at the start when Vivian came in, we'd lost the first couple of games, I'd lost my position as a right-back and uh, it was until a little bit later on I came on and played further up the pitch and then I started against Liverpool and scored and played well in the FA Cup and that was the, the kind of turning point for me. And, uh, it went on to win the Players' Play of the Year that year, uh, playing a different position, so, you know, personally it was... A great, a great, um, a great season, an important one, you know, in the club's history, to to stop Rangers winning ten in a row, who were obviously very, very strong as well at that moment with Gascoigne's and Loudrops and McCoists, you know, right throughout their team, they were they were strong, they were a good side. When I spoke to to Simon Donnelly, your good pal, as you know, he um, he he's still gutted that his goal wasn't legal that that stopped ten in a row. Do you still wind him up about that? No, it would have been good for him, you know, um, you know, because at the time we actually thought, yeah, this is this is going to be the the goal, and obviously it wasn't, and it was it proved to be the next game, and it was Simon came off for Harold, and uh, you know I crossed in for Harold to to make it there and clinch the the, the league at home, but no, it would have been good for Simon, but uh, it was it wasn't to be. <laughs> in terms of um, Martin and you, obviously he comes into. To Celtic after the John Barnes and then Kenny Dalglish era, what was it like to work mm-hmm. with him? Because of course you win the treble in his first season. How did that achievement compare to stopping the ten? Yeah, I think it was different. Um, it was different, different times. Uh, Martin totally different from Vim, totally different from Tommy, from from the rest of them. Um, he brought in some terrific players. You know, straight away you bring in Chris Sutton, six million. Uh, they brought in guys like Alan Thompson, Big John at the time, but I think he brought in a, a real winning mentality, Martin, and also a you know a, a real uh, professional um, setup and how he dealt with things, you know, and um, 
I think we just commanded respect. He was intelligent, uh, and his backroom staff were fantastic as well. John Robertson and Steve Holford. In terms of John Robertson, did he do much of the coaching, or was he more of a motivator? Obviously, based on what he'd won in the game with the European Cups with Martin. I mean, they were, I wouldn't say they were they were all coaches in, in any way. You know, they'd set up the training and do the training there. But I just think the the way they put things across. Um, you know, I think it's it's different now to when the players are now. You know, they weren't coached, they weren't told where to stand, what to do, where to pass the ball. But these guys had total uh, belief in what we could do, and you know, they set us up in a certain way, and we would go and do it. But I think the three of them worked really well together. Uh, Robbo would take part in little bits in training and stuff, and uh, he was he was a fantastic player, Robbo, but a, a real top guy. Uh, you, you talk about fantastic players I've of course got to ask you about Henrik Larsson now I know you played with many top players at Celtic you've mentioned Chris um, obviously Paul Lambert Stylian Petrov Lubo there's so many to mention but across the world people are fascinated with what Henrik's achieved at Celtic and obviously with Barcelona and Manchester United just what was he like mm-hmm. to train and play alongside? Yeah I mean he was he was class and just he get better and better each year uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. You know, his movement, his size, the goals he scored. Uh, obviously, we had the pleasure of training with him as well, and could see what he does in training as well as the matches. And no, he's terrific, terrific, Henrik, uh, terrific bloke as well. Um, but you know what he, he achieved in his career is just phenomenal. Obviously, for the book, he, he's written the foreword, and I know, obviously, you keep in touch with Henrik mm-hmm. now. You've played golf with him yeah. a few times in recent years. Is his golf as good as his football? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> he kind of jokes with that, and he's foreword in the book. And he'd, um, when he first came, I, I think a few of the boys, when they first came over to Celtic, when they started golf, they were rubbish. <laughs> uh, you know, like high handicappers, like Morton Vecors as well, big reaper. When you're playing with them, then you fast forward like a year, and they're all like single figures. And that Henrik is the same. Yeah, a bit like his football, just get better and better. Whereas my golf never get any better over the years. It just stayed at the same, same level. And in terms of um, the European matches, you mentioned that goal against Liverpool being crucial for you in the in the nineties. You of course reached the UEFA Cup final in two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. A great European, obviously, memories with Celtic, but how tough is that final in particular when you look back on it, just given how close it was? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of spoke about that a few times now, but then it was different for me because my, my, at that time, um, my mum was really ill. So I think in normal circumstances, it would have been one of the, the lowest points in my career to not have won it. And, you know, playing, uh, I came on for Paul Lambert uh, in the match, but. You know, my, my thoughts were, at the time, were, uh, I lost my mum not long after Seville, so uh, for me it wasn't as painful as it was for other lads. And in, in terms of European nights at Celtic Park in general, obviously they're talked about by many famous players and, and pundits alike. For you, playing at Celtic Park with that atmosphere on the home side, just just what's it like? Yeah, they're special. I, th- I think that's that's what you miss. You know, when I left Celtic, I missed uh, the the European games, the big European games, especially t- leading the team out in Champions League nights, and uh, you know, playing in the, uh, against Rangers. The games were, were always brilliant to play, and I loved them. So, 
Yeah, I mean, they're special. I think if anybody's been to them and you're witnessing it, but when you're actually playing in it as well, it's it's fantastic. In terms of your career after Celtic, you of course joined Wolves, you play for Aberdeen, Falkirk, Partick Thistle, you managed Thistle, you managed in the United, you managed down south at York as well. What was life like mm-hmm. for you post-Celtic? Uh, different, I mean obviously I hadn't planned to leave, so it was, it was tough obviously at that point, being somewhere for 10 years and then the demands of that, uh, you know, having to win every game, it took me a bit of time to adjust. Um, at Wills, I was a bit unlucky with injury. You know, I was enjoying my, my time there with Glen Hoddle and I picked up, I'd done my, my cruciate ligament, which put me out for six months, which was a bit disappointing because I was enjoying it. But um, I'd spell at Aberdeen, which uh, uh, it wasn't that enjoyable. Uh, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I promised going up there. Um, you know, positions and the uh, times, times on the train and different things like that. So I'd, I'd, I'd walked out, I'd a year, another year contract there, but I left after the first year and walked out in a year's contract to go and play at Falkirk with Yogi, uh, who I used to travel with. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there that, that first season with Yogi. Uh, it kind of gave me as a, a new lease of life at 35. Um where I won Players Play of the Year at 35, which, you know, we, we stayed in the league with Yogi, and then we got to the Scottish Cup final. Uh, we, we got narrowly beat against Rangers, so I, I really enjoyed that first season. Second season was different when Yogi left, and um, uh, Eddie May came in. I got on well with Eddie, and, uh, and then Eddie left, and I thought it was the right time for me to leave. I didn't want to stay after he'd left, uh, with Stephen Presley, so... I went to Partick Thistle at that time uh, to go in there and play with, alongside Simon at Partick Thistle and try and finish my career, you know, uh, in, a, in a good way. And I actually broke my leg <laughs> after a few games when I was enjoying it. I, I came back and then eventually I took the team, when Liam McCall resigned, I took the team for the last five games of the season. They eventually took over the, the job as manager for the following season. And in terms of being a manager, what what's what's the toughest aspects of it? Because you know, football fans, of course, play football manager and FIFA and all these games, and they think it's simple. You can just pick players and put them in a team, but you know the reality is, is much more different. Yeah, I mean it's it's a consuming job. It's it's you know there's there's no there's no getting away from it. Yeah, it's if it's just the football side and dealing with your team and it's it's not too bad but it's it's all the other stuff that comes with it that's that uh, does your head in you know and that's a wee bits I didn't enjoy uh, dealing with certain things behind the scenes um, I, I, I would say the toughest thing that, that I had to deal with as a manager was one of the young kids at Dundee United that had cancer well honestly you know that was take all the other bits out of results and winning games and Having to deal with that, uh, you know, when a young kid's fighting for his life, for me that was one of the toughest things. Um, unfortunately, he's 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 doing well. You know, he's had a few operations, but he's doing well, which is more important than anything else. Just on that, you obviously you mentioned that situation. You mentioned obviously the situation where where you lose your mother, which is mm-hmm. a sad time, obviously for for anyone to lose a parent. 
just see in terms of being involved in football, do you feel that sometimes fans maybe don't appreciate the fact that you're a human being as well as a player because they just see you as the guy in the Saturday on the park as the player or the touchline as the manager? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they don't see that. They think they know you because you're, you're on the park where you're playing or you're standing outside the park as a manager. You, you do your interviews before or after the game and you know they don't know what's going on, what you're having to deal with behind the scenes. And it, it's the same for all of them. You know, or who you're protecting, who, you know, what players you're protecting. But that's part and parcel of it. You know, everybody has a voice now. Everybody has an opinion uh, because of social media. Um it's just it's just the way of the world, you know, and I I, I, I try not to let myself get, um, you know, I'm on social media now. I wasn't on social media when I was a manager because you just couldn't you couldn't do that. But now I just look at it there and go, do you know what? They're not they're not really talking about me because they don't know me. You know, they're talking about somebody that used to play or somebody that stood at the side of the pitch and and took the team. So that's how I kind of detach myself from it, uh, uh, and that, I think that's it's a good way of doing it. Last question I've got for you. You, of course, have, have teamed up with Jerry McDade to, to write your book. His name is McNamara. I've read the book. It's, it's from, in my opinion, you've got all the football stories, but you've also got the emotional side of family life and obviously um, the, the, the battle that you had with your health in recent years. Um, I enjoyed the book. I also went to one of your, your tour shows as well in Greenock. I loved that as well. Just the openness and honesty you had telling your story and also taking questions from the crowd. But for anyone who's not read the book yet or who hasn't been at one of these events, what can fans expect from the book as a whole? Um, I think it's it's just I it's you know I think we I've been asked a number of years to to, to do one, um, and it's not so much setting the record straight, you know, because people they said have a, a perception of you and they think they know and it. It's me putting my stuff across, um, basically my version of, of events, my version of what happened to me when I was ill, what happened to me you know, when I was managing, when I was playing. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed doing it with Jerry. You know, I think he's he done it very well. I want it to be like you can hear me saying it, you know, when you're reading it. <coughs> Excuse me, and I think he's done that. You know, if, it's not just about... <coughs> You know the football moments when you're winning games of football. Although this was a tough game, I think it's about it comes across as real, real life, real emotion. Uh, I, I think I think that's that was important to put that in. Even the the stuff with the management, you know, the stuff at Dundee United, uh, stuff I had to endure uh, with that. Um, how we Partick Thistle, you know, there's a lot of things there to put across uh, my side of things to just to. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song